What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. For those of you who have yet to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so wherever podcasts are found. I personally use Pocket Cast for my Android phone and love that particular app, but you might use Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Uh, if you subscribe, each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could leave a rating and a review on your app as well, that would be very, very much appreciated. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. And if you want to email, you can do so at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. Or you can find me personally at Ian Cameron McLaren at gmail.com. I think that's it by way of introductory remarks. Let's get into it. For today's episode. Now, yesterday on the podcast, I mentioned Cam Neely's Zoom call. The president addressed the continued absences of Andre Kasha and David Pasternak, but he also had some other things to say about camp in general, which which I'd like to touch on off the top. And then I thought, seeing as we are one week away from the Bruins taking to the ice for an exhibition game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and if all goes well, the puck will be dropped on the return to play qualifying round and round robin beginning Saturday, August 1st. And I thought I would rank the Eastern Conference teams kind of a power rankings like we used to do back in the regular season uh, just to take a look first at yeah where each team stands and what we can expect from those clubs. But first, Cam Neely... Um, while he was a bit concerned about Pasternak and Kasha not being present at training camp to date, being deemed quote-unquote unfit to participate, he was particularly happy with his leadership group and how they have taken charge and also helped some of the younger players uh, kind of integrate into the roster, and the expanded roster that is, and also um, you know, take on some more prominent roles in the absence of those two right wingers. Um, Neely said, seeing that leadership group, the way they work, how hard they work, how they prepare, it's hard not to follow. He, of course, is referring to Zdeno Chara, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Tori Krug, and Brad Marchand. Those are kind of the four or five core skaters. Tuka Rask would be included in that leadership group as well. Although goalies are a bit of a different animal and don't, you know, interact with the skaters on the ice as much as forwards and defensemen, obviously. Neely said, aside from what they do on the ice, it's also how they try to educate the younger players and what the expectations should be around here. I think our guys really understand what it's like. I think of, in particular, a video the Bruins posted of Zdeno Chara really, uh, talking to Zach Sinition on the ice, kind of giving him some direction, some advice. And uh, that really warmed my heart to see how, you know, the oldest guy on the team, the captain, 
not resting on his laurels at all, but really taking an interest in the younger guys. Uh, even a guy like Sinitian who might not see any time in the playoffs, but really just investing in him and uh, making sure that he feels welcome, knows what he's doing, and can learn and soak it all in. And really, it's that leadership group that will help this team to be successful when the games resume. Neely said, I think every team is starting in the same boat. Our guys are certainly understanding of what's at stake here, what the possibilities are. It's certainly going to be a challenging few months. As everyone has seen, it's been a bit challenging for the coaching staff to put the lines together the way they want. When we get to Toronto, we'll be able to do that. If we're not, some guys are going to have to step up that I'm sure will relish the opportunities. And again, that core leadership group has been helping guys like Anders Bjork, Jack Stanika, Carson Kuhlman, uh, Zach Zanishin, Trent Frederick to um, get used to practice at the NHL level, this training camp situation, and you know, getting them ready for if and when they are indeed called upon. One guy that Neely kind of singled out as a younger player who really needs to step up is Jake DeBrusque. We've talked about him a lot in recent weeks, how he has the best opportunity to supply that secondary scoring that this team will desperately need if they want to win. Neely said DeBrusque has all kinds of skill, he certainly has the skating that you want in today's game. If he finds a little bit more consistency, he can certainly be one of those players that can break games open for you and help you win hockey games like he's shown in the past. Everyone would certainly love to be known as a playoff player, and Jake has had some great moments in the playoffs, but this particular playoffs will be a good test for Jake. I talked a couple weeks ago about how his agent appears to be pushing for a contract in the $6 million range for the restricted free agent. And one of their big arguments for him is his performance in the playoffs in the past, specifically game seven in 2018 against the Toronto Maple Leafs, where he scored two goals. Now that game, you know, is two years in the past. Um, and, uh, this season was a down season for DeBrusque, so he really needs to um, step up and show his worth in 2020, not only to justify that kind of ask contract-wise, but also to help this team win. I, I really believe that Jake DeBrusque will be an X-factor for the Bruins if they want to make good on the promise of winning a Stanley Cup after falling short last season. And then just to recap his statements on Pasternak and Kasha, in case you missed yesterday's podcast, he said, it's hard to say right now, but his best guess would be that they will be able to join the team in Toronto. Uh, there are hopes that they can skate with the team before they leave. Their flight is scheduled to depart Boston in three days on Sunday. Uh, but his best guess would be Toronto. And, um, Again, a return to practice before Sunday's part departure is possible, but right now they're looking towards them joining the team in Toronto, which, you know, disappointing, but uh, that's just uh, the reality at the moment in this COVID-19 world as they uh, just try to be as careful as possible and abide by the guidelines 
He did say he perhaps, in hindsight, would have liked those two guys to have arrived at camp or back in Boston a bit earlier to get the quarantine out of the way, get their testing out of the way in order to be cleared. But, um, you know, that didn't happen, and, and this is the situation that we're in. Before we move on, I'd like to talk to you for a moment about rockauto.com. If you are a car enthusiast, a mechanic, or a do-it-yourselfer, rockauto.com has all the car parts you would ever need. They're a family-run business, and they serve auto parts customers online for the past 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available, choose the brands, specs, and prices that you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low, and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. If you go to rockauto.com right now, See all the parts available for your car or truck, and then please write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Alright, let's get ranking, shall we? As we all know, there are 12 teams remaining in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. We have the four top seeds in our Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and the Philadelphia Flyers. And then there will be playoff round, sorry, a playoff qualifying round of the remaining eight teams. We'll have the Pittsburgh Penguins as the five seed against the Montreal Canadiens as the 12 seed, the Carolina Hurricanes against the New York Rangers, the New York Islanders against the Florida Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So let's rank these eight teams to begin with. And in 12th, I am firmly putting the Montreal Canadiens. They have the fewest points of the 24 remaining teams. They had a record of 31, 31, and 9 for 71 points in 71 games. A 500 win percentage and a minus nine goal differential. A lot of people are putting any upset potential on the shoulders of Carey Price and Shea Weber, but you know that minus nine goal differential doesn't really bode well for um, shutting down the mighty Pittsburgh Penguins. And really, they were pretty close to not being included in this group of 12 to begin with. I believe they had a game scheduled with the Buffalo Sabres right as the COVID pause began. And if Buffalo had won that game, they would have overtaken the um, Canadians in terms of point percentage and would have been the playoff team to face the Pittsburgh Penguins. So Montreal, I'm sorry, you are firmly in 12th. Down at 11, I'm actually going to put the New York Islanders. The Islanders have not impressed me at all over the last couple of years. They have been, you know, they were a playoff team last year. They were in the Metro Division race this season as one of the top three teams. They finished in fifth. 
They have a minus one goal differential. Uh, really struggled to find their offense this season. Um, and they just, uh, in the words of Shania Twain, they don't impress me much. Uh, I really think they can be beaten by the Florida Panthers, despite being the higher seed. Their success you know, has been dictated by head coach Barry Trotz over the last couple of years, but I don't really love their goaltending, uh, their defense, their forwards. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just not impressed by the Islanders. Uh, sorry if that offends anyone. In 10th, this is where things get pretty interesting, to be honest. I'm going to put the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think. They had a record of 33, 22, and 15, 579 point percentage. But they had a minus 7 goal differential overall. And that is second worst only to the Canadians. Um, that did improve over the second half of the season based on the emergence of Elvis Merzilikens as their starting goalie. Uh, but, you know, I think this group is scrappy. They could honestly beat the Maple Leafs if they impose their will on them, if they get physical and just by shutting down the offense. Um, but they are decided underdogs and, um, you know, top 10 in the East it is okay. But um, I don't really think they have enough to make uh, as much noise as they did last season by sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't really think that's in the cards. Although, you know, best of five series, anything can happen. Uh, having said that, um, yeah, sorry, Columbus. I, I just don't see it happening for you guys this year. In ninth, I'm going to put the Florida Panthers. Like I said, I think they're good enough to be the Islanders in the first round. Uh, I've said all season long that they have uh, a very deep and talented team. And if Sergei Bobrovsky displays the kind of game that warranted, maybe not even warranted, but earned him that big uh, $7 million per season contract with the Panthers last offseason, then this team could end up surprising. I kind of joked in the Locked On host uh, Twitter DM thread that we're probably going to see a crazy unexpected final like Arizona versus Florida or something like that. And I really think Bobrovsky has the ability to step up and uh, steal some games for this Panthers team that has lots of firepower up front. You know, our old friend Noel Achari had 20 goals for this team this year. And um, I think they could surprise. They have a, a great top line. Barkov's one of the best two-way players in the NHL. Jonathan Huberto really emerged as the star this season. And they have some uh, pretty good defensemen as well um, to to help them out. So, you know, I'm putting them in ninth. But I really think they have the potential to surprise in the playoffs this season. Although, I did say that all season long and, and they wouldn't have made the playoffs under normal circumstances. That brings us to our top eight teams. And if you're doing the math, if... Florida is going to advance to the playoff round. That means one of these top eight teams will not. And it really comes down, I think, to the winner of Carolina and the Rangers. Both of those teams are, are very good, in my opinion. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate that one of those teams will not make the playoffs while one of Florida and the Islanders will. Uh, but having said that, in eighth 
I'm going to put the... Uh, who am I going to put in eighth? You know what? I'm going to put the New York Rangers in eighth. They had a point percentage of 564, which was good for 11th in the Eastern Conference this season. Um, they did come on very strong in the later stages, and they have uh, not only one, but two, but three very talented goaltenders to roll with. They have a heart candidate in Artemi Panarin, and um, I think that series against Carolina is going to be a very fun to watch. could be the best series of the qualifying round. Um, however, I do think Carolina is a bit better, uh, and I'm going to put Carolina in... Uh, seventh here the hurricanes are wildly talented up front and have incredible depth on the blue line their top eight defensemen i think could play on most nhl teams their one weakness i think is a net i'm not fully sold on peter mrazic or james reimer they did have a plus 29 goal differential which was fourth in the eastern conference and uh, i really do think that um, getting past the rangers they will be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, they advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, as we all know. They were beaten pretty easily by the Boston Bruins. Uh, but this team remains formidable and uh, can be a low-key contender in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I truly believe that. But, you know, I think there's still six teams ahead of them, beginning with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who I'm putting in sixth place. They had a... Uh, Point percentage of 579, which was, you know, eighth in the Eastern Conference. Their goal differential was only plus 11. So I'm really giving them kind of the benefit of the doubt here as the sixth team. Um, I could easily put the Hurricanes ahead of them, but, but I'm not for the time being. Just because of the star power that they have up front. Uh, Frederick Anderson, I think the time off will serve him well. He kind of fizzled out over the last couple of seasons just because of the high work rate that he had. And uh, so I think that will help. And this team just has a lot to prove. And I think um, they will beat Columbus and then, you know, go from there. They still haven't won a actual playoff round in the lockout or sorry, in the shootout era. And so this team does have a lot to prove. If they do not get out of the first round, there could be some... Uh, major questions about roster composition here, but you know Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, William Nylander—that's uh, just a crazy amount of talent up top. Uh, there are still some defensive issues. If you're relying on Cody CC to carry a big load, then you know you're in a bit of trouble there. But uh, still, I'm going to put them at sixth for the time being. In fifth, we're going to put the Pittsburgh Penguins. The best team not to get into the uh, round robin. They had a record of 40, 23, and 6. A point percentage of 623. Goal differential of plus 28. Uh, they had some very significant injuries throughout the season. They should be getting guys back like Jake Gensel. And, um, you know, this remains a Stanley Cup contending team as long as Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are in the mix. So um, I, I really don't have any concerns about them not beating Montreal in the first round. And 
I think they will be uh, a very tough out for anybody in the playoffs this year. In fourth, I'm going to put the Philadelphia Flyers. They were one of the hottest teams in the NHL prior to the pause. They went 9-1 in their 10 games before play was canceled. That one loss, of course, came at the hands of our Boston Bruins, a shutout courtesy of Tuka Rask. And um, yeah, so I would say they kind of surprised this season, uh, came on strong very late, um, but still have a lot to prove as a group here uh, when push comes to shove. And third, I'm going to put the Washington Capitals. They had a uh, goal differential of plus 25, which was actually sixth among the top Eastern Conference teams. Um, started off very strong. They added some pieces at the deadline, specifically uh, Brendan Dillon, Ilya Kovalchuk. I think they're primed to challenge for the Stanley Cup once again after winning a couple of years ago. And I think they'll be a very fun team to watch as well with this kind of rushing connection that they have going. But I'm still going to put them behind Tampa Bay, who finished with 92 points, tied for second overall in the NHL. Sorry, third overall in the NHL with the Colorado Avalanche. A plus 50 goal differential, which was second in the NHL as well. Started off kind of slow this season and actually ended a bit slow as well, going 3-6-1 and one down their, their last 10 games. Uh, but this team also has a lot to prove after being swept by the Blue Jackets last year and still all the talent in the world with some players uh, stepping up into even bigger roles like Anthony Sorelli this year, Michael Sergachev, and they have a Vesna Trophy candidate or finalist in Andre Vasilevsky, a Norris Trophy finalist in Victor Hedman, and uh, last year's MVP in Nikita Kucherov. So obviously they have what it takes to get it done. But the first place team, no surprise, is our Boston Bruins. They led the NHL with 100 points, 44, 14, and 12 record, 714 point percentage a plus 53 goal differential, which was best among all teams in the NHL. They gave up only 174 goals, which was lowest among all teams in the NHL. Uh, Fewest goals per game as well, obviously. And uh, they are as good, if not better, than last year. And I really think they should be the favorites going into the playoff round. And uh, I'm really excited to see them back on the ice and see what they can do as a group. So to recap the power rankings, that's Canadians in 12th, Islanders in 11th, Blue Jackets in 10th, the Florida Panthers 9th, New York Rangers in 8th, Carolina Hurricanes 7th, Toronto Maple Leafs 6th, Pittsburgh Penguins in 5th, and then the top four, the Philadelphia Flyers, Washington Capitals, Tampa Bay Lightning, and our Boston Bruins. All right, the podcast is being released a little bit later today because I wanted to make sure I got in the reveal of the Seattle NHL franchise name, and it has officially been named the Seattle Kraken. The logo is very cool, and uh, I'm sure you've all seen it on on Twitter. Uh, Here is kind of the description from Adidas on the um, 
anatomy of the logo. So the history in the great ice game goes as deep as Puget Sound. They wrote the Seattle Metropolitans were the first American club to host the Stanley Cup, an eternal part of the city's history, and they pay tribute to them with the S as the basis for the logo. They will aspire to bring the cup back to Seattle in their honor. Next, Seattle's a hub city by the sea. Their forebears, hands cracked in the cold, salty air as they reeled in their lines and wrought their ships. The clean bevel of a freshly carved vessel is a reminder of where we come from. A noble city built on the water by bold and hardened adventures. Next feature is the red eye of the beast. If you've seen it, it's already too late. The eye of the kraken has been affixed on its prey for some time. Its strike will be swift and devastating. Its opposition overwhelmed and unwary. It will all be over soon. And then finally, hidden in the shadows is a single tentacle stealthily rising from below, symbolizing the deep dark waters of Puget Sound. How many are there? How deep do they go? The real peril lies in what you don't see. Seattle Kraken it is, folks. What do you think? Uh, I kind of dig it. The uh, jerseys are kind of a, a navy blue with lighter blue tones and a red stripe as well as an accent. Um, really dig the anchor logo on the shoulder as well as a bit of a shout out to the space needle on there as well. And um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Let me know what you think Seattle Kraken for or against it. I was thinking that it would be either that or the sock guys, but uh, I like that they went with the fun version here with the Kraken. And just to wrap up, a little summary of practice from Bruins training camp on Thursday. Pasternak and Kasha remained absent. So the first line, we have Marchand, Bergeron, and Bjork. Second line, we had DeBrusque, Krejci, and Stadnika. Uh, Nick Ritchie was also absent from practice. So on the third line, we had Corrali, Coyle, and Kuhlman. And the fourth line was Nordstrom, Lindholm, and Wagner. Three really intriguing lines. Um, and again, it'll be interesting to see what uh, happens when, if and when, everybody is cleared to practice. The power play had an interesting look as well, where we had... The following units on the first unit, we had Krug, Krejci at the point with Bergeron, Marchand, and DeBrusque up front. And the second unit was Grizzlick and McAvoy on the point with Coyle, Bjork, and Studnika up front. So really intriguing um, options there on the power play as well. So again, Pasternak and Kasha remain absent. Nick Ritchie was also not present. And we had those power play lines in lieu of the regular uh, groups. So, yep, uncertainty continues to reign for the Bruins, and we'll have uh, more as the Bruins gather for practice on Friday and look to travel to Toronto on Sunday. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do check out yesterday's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast as I was on there talking a little bit about our Bruins and a preview of the team's chances going forward. Uh, subscribe to that podcast as well. Always some great stuff over there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with one last episode for this week. And then next week, things will get even more serious as we begin to preview 
uh, the round robin and what the Bruins might be able to do in the playoffs. And uh, I don't know. I still have mixed feelings about the return to play, but I'm very excited to see our Bruins in action once again. Hope you're all doing well. Take care of friends and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Later.